Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Barry Rice. Hey, what's ever happening, everybody? So good to be here with you. And as always, Mac Daddy Pete Robertson to my right. Hello, hello, hello. Wow. So you guys have got <laughs> to start watching on YouTube. Yeah. You do not want to miss these facial expressions oh. and the pictures that our executive producer is capturing. Oh. So you do not want to miss out. Now, if you're driving down the road, stick to the podcast, but. They you may, you may want to open up YouTube when you get someplace safe. But these pictures also, they could be on our social media. They sometimes appear yeah. that way. Yeah. yeah. Riotpodcast.co or go to social media, the Riot Podcast. Right. Find us. I Facebook. made a mistake, guys. I, I wonder if they'll notice I am wearing the same shirt as I wore the last <gasps> hey, podcast. I, it was what? week. We had a Riot Wait, Podcast shirt on today. I, I think I am too. <laughs> That's so weird. I think that we, oh, there you go. I'm praising the Lord. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Well, it is Taco right. Tuesday. But, yeah. But the show comes out on Thursday. That's confusing for people, Pete. Well, we're just, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Here's what good, you say. But... It takes time to produce the show, oh, put it together it and yeah. then get it up. Uh, well, we just want to do we want to put our very best forward. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We could do a live show. And we really and get could. five people. But I mean, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny part is we record it, but we don't really edit anything. Uh, we do sometimes. Do we? Yeah, yeah. When you do something stupid? It's usually me. Yes, you're right. <laughs> it, it is usually me. It's, uh, I put my foot in my mouth. Maybe it's no, that much. would never happen. Yeah. yeah. Never, never, never. I, I mean, I, I just had a flood of things that just popped in my head. Of things crazy. that I've said in the past that they've never heard. Well, I need. Right. Oh, yeah. We're seeing the pictures. So sorry. You're hearing the comments. The up. So, guys, I need your prayer. I'm bowling in yeah. a professional tournament this weekend. I get to bowl with the old guys. So um, I get well, to bowl my first senior PBA tournament this weekend. And I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. What is this senior stuff? You're the Sen- youngest guy I know. Yeah. Yep. So if you're 50 or older, you're eligible by just you're the 50? fact that you've you're been 50? on the plane. I'm 55. Yeah. He's like legit. I'm like old. I think you have I'm to like, get a 55. Chevy. I'm the oldest guy in this room. You're old. Of course. And then Christine, but she's only 39. So what, what do you got me by three months or what? Um, I think 11 months. Okay. I think 11 right. months. And I got Pete's just a baby. Yeah. I don't think Pete's even in his 50s yet. Not yet. I have he's still not reached got his 50s. He still got his hair. <laughs> and, and lots of it and yeah. my diaper on no that's for you i'm sorry no yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah you start with one and you finish with one right i get so it how are we supposed to pray lord baby jesus or wait lord jesus help bob have strength to deal with if he loses yeah, that's probably the best way and lord yeah. help his pride if he wins <laughs> yes is that it that that works that's the prayer that actually works. all right everybody pray for bob yeah in that way Make sure that uh, I, I don't say this. I, if I uh, leave a 10 pin, I don't ruin my testimony. Yeah, yeah. I will say this. The Bob will be wearing a shirt as a testimony as the word of God on his shirt. Right. I do. Which, which I do. Actually, I do. My, most of my bowling shirts do, but the PBA shirts don't. So this is a professional. I haven't been able to get approved yet. I'm working on it. I think you still got time. Yeah, no, they have to approve it. So that's the problem. Really? Yeah, that's... they have to approve everything on the shirts for the ones well, that are in. That's the PBA. why people get tattoos. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. No. Hey, that's a good idea. That's a way around it. Yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. But no, on my on my newest bowling shirt that I, I bowled doubles with Crystal this weekend, I put I have John fourteen six in the back of my shirt. Yeah, I love that. So, yeah, I love that. Cool. 
it's a uh it's pretty cool that you're a professional bowler we got to get your autograph so we're now we're going to be offering bob's autograph for any listeners that are listening oh mercy if you we'll get a nice printed picture with his uniform and we'll sign it and send it to you don't they want want, don't they want my autograph i'm a professional either yeah well i you and me both so if you guys want our autograph barry and myself we'll give it to you as well as soon as you in my contract i have to charge do you, you have to charge? We'll get one. We're going to get one, Barry, of him whipping a, a phone book. Okay. So we'll get a picture Ooh, of that and he'll that would sign be cool. it. Because now I don't know many people that can rip or phone snapping books. a Louisville slugger over his head. We'll show him, boom, right over. Right, no, I can do it. Whatever. <laughs> He's not lying. This he is the right invasion of truth. He's he not lying. Oh my gosh. It's you mess just with my girls. Well, speaking of speaking of strength, talk about your guy. Yeah, friend, man. Yeah. Look at this name, everybody. His name is Bill Gillespie. He is a strength coach of the Seattle Seahawks at one point. He's a strength was a strength coach at Liberty University. There's my plug for Liberty University. There it is. Got to get it in last week. <laughs> and he he uh, just got his ring back for being the strongest man in the world in bench press. And his ring said these numbers, 1130, 1130. <laughs> and how old is he? And this guy is like 58 years old. He is, is the strongest human being on the earth. And I know him. And when you were bench pressing back in the days, what was the record? It was like 758 or something, something crazy. And now it's almost double that. I mean, just try to imagine this of 1,130 pounds. Yeah. So there's, I mean, wouldn't it bend the bar? So if oh, that, absolutely. how would absolutely. that work? So how do they do that? What do they got to do to get that? It's just a longer bar and, and they use a hundred pound plates and, and plates that have a heavier density than the ones that we work out with. I mean, the guys that are putting the plates on got to be buff. <laughs> right. I mean, they got to be yeah. dudes just to be able to pick up yeah, on yeah. plates. This guy doesn't uh, take steroids. He's natural and he's powered by God. So he's a great testimony. So what is that? Five plates on each side, 500 pound plates. That's a thousand plus the bar and then thirties. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. The bar is probably a hundred, right? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. It's 45. But, 45 well yeah. no an extended bar maybe a little bit more but not yeah. 100 oh yeah. so maybe a 30 and a 10 or something yeah. i can't even imagine no i can't imagine that's either. over half a ton well, i remember you know what is it 30 years ago spotting him squatting over a, a, a thousand pounds like 1100 pounds he squatted and uh man uh i was standing behind him and i was like what will i do if anything happens <laughs> you're just is a he, witness sir. is he huge is he a big dude buff yeah. He's a big guy. He is. He is a freakish human being. <laughs> he really is. We were talking before about him. If uh, Bob asked, can he pick up a car, pick up a bumper? What did you say, Barry? <laughs> yeah, he just ripped the bumper off. <laughs> yeah. I'm picturing Lou Ferrigno right now yeah. as the Hulk, you know, yeah. when he was green. Oh, he's bigger than Lou, though, right? He's got to be. He's a big guy. Right? Yeah. He's bigger strong. than Arnold. He's strong. You always say this, Pete. It gives me chills or gives yeah. me goosebumps, I man. I get a lot. What else? Yeah. Oh, we had a good story we wanted to share. Um, we had this guy come to our church on Memorial Day weekend, and he was a, a Vietnam vet. We, I think we may have talked about him on the show. Um, his, his, his name is Mike, and uh, he just, man, Pete, he was just dealing with... Um, just regrets and guilt and everything from the war, uh, people that he, you know, people that he led that were killed, people that he killed, um, just carrying a burden like you, you wouldn't believe. And um, you got to meet him. And, yeah. and, and of course, Pastor Barry got to meet him. 
And uh, I just wanted to share that uh, on that day, he gave his life to the Lord, um, Memorial Day weekend. And, yeah, you uh, taught that week. Yeah, yeah but that, <clears throat> that, it had nothing to do with me. Well, the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit, indeed. Yeah. Um, but Mike passed away on um, July 3rd, July 2nd, July 3rd, somewhere around that weekend. Wow. And um, man, so now he's dancing with Jesus. Yeah. All that guilt's gone. All that shame's gone. And uh, man, you just think of it. It just makes me think. You know, so many times we just feel like, you know, we're invincible and we're going to live forever. But man, this guy met Jesus five weeks before yeah. he died. That and is met, an awesome testimony. But man, just you know, one, of gives things, me, one of the things that Mike was saying, Bob, is that God doesn't want me in there. Yeah. God can't forgive me. And if you're listening to this, I don't care what you had done. God can forgive you. And he will. And yeah. he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's, I think you may have said this on the last show that, uh, man, God's not mad at us. He loves us. He, he couldn't love us anymore. It's not possible for him to love us anymore. Mm. And he, he just has a better way for us. We got, yeah. you know, the, the lie of this, of Satan, the lie of this world is, um, uh, we don't, we're not good enough, or we got to clean ourselves up before we mm. come to God. And man, that's just, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's not the God of the Bible. No, it's not. So if you ever believe that that's not the God that we know, that's no. not Jesus. No, no. All right, want to get going? So today's yeah. show, we're going to call it Creating God's Moments and Not Conversation Killer. So we're going to continue on from last week's show. Uh, we did Creating God Moments, and I think, I forget, seeing Jesus as as like, as Jesus sees them or seeing people as Jesus sees yes. them. I think it was something like that. Praying, um, we, I think we prayed that, Yeah, that we go, would see him, see people way. like Jesus. So, so today we're going to talk about the conversation killer. So what causes the conversation that we have with people that do not know Jesus what can kill that conversation. And so that's Good. kind of where we're going to go with this. So let's go ahead and pray and we'll get going. Lord, we're just, uh, again, humbled uh, to be in your presence. Again, we're, um, we just want to bask in your glory, God. We want you to be number one. We want you to reign and rule. We want you to control our voices and our minds and our mm -hmm. thoughts. And Lord, more than anything else, we don't want to do anything to get in the way of what you're doing. And Lord, if uh, we don't want to be a burden to people, we don't want to be a hindrance uh, so that your love and your light can shine through us. Uh, God, we just want to be available to whatever it is that you're doing. And we want to be used by you in such a way that it's not about us, but it's about you. And uh, more than anything else, Lord, our heart's desire uh, here at Riley Podcast is that we want to see people know you intimately. Lord, we want people to have a relationship with you. We want the, to see lives change. We want to see transformation take place. We want to see people that were hopeless have hope. People that don't have pay, uh, peace have peace. People that are confused find direction and purpose. And uh, Lord, that's what we're about. And so we just want to point to it. So we're here to help. And so, Lord, I pray that this show would help open eyes and ears to, to your truths and to help us to see what is important to you. And so we give you praise now. We give you glory in Jesus name. Amen. 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 So we read a story a while back uh, talking about U.S. Lieutenant Colonel Christopher Hughes. He was uh, he was based in Najif, Iraq, and his team was caught in a standoff with a mob of Shiite Is Iraqis, I Iraqis. Israelis. Uh, it's a new country. All right. You, you got to you got to watch the news, Pete. <laughs> Israel and Iran. Murdered. No, no, no. That's, it, it really didn't happen. No, didn't he was in command of a heavily armored patrol unit from America's uh, 101st Airborne Division. The people there were resisting his unit from entering their city because they were fearful that they were going to desecrate their holy shrines. Although the patrol's intentions were peaceful, the standoff would probably have been a, been a disaster if not for the quick thinking of Lieutenant Hughes. 
Hughes picked up a loudspeaker and barked out three simple commands to his troops. First, he told them to take a knee. Second, point their weapons towards the ground. And then finally, and I love this, Pete, to look up and give everyone in the hostile crowd a friendly smile. It's amazing what smiles will do. A few moments later, the hostile, the hostile defiance melted away as smiles and friendly pats on the back replaced the shaking fists and screaming voices. Mm. This story gives us an example of how important it is to understand how to communicate with people in a, in a world that has become increasing, increasingly hostile to the traditional kinds of conversations. Christians attempt to have with them. A famous author once said, we must learn to find the back door to people's hearts because the front door is often Amen. heavily guarded. Amen. Much like the Shiites, Lieutenant Hughes dealt with the many people we hope to reach for Jesus react defensively. They anticipate and are amply prepared for any direct attack on the holy places and shrines, sacred shrines in their heart. Today, we're going to talk about five conversation killers and how we can avoid them. Yeah, just to give it context, I think we pretty we set it up perfectly in this opening is there everybody that's out there. There's a there's a holy shrine within them. There's something that's happening in their life that they're protecting with their belief. You know, we've heard people say that um, I'm never going to allow somebody to do that to me again. Have you ever heard that? I'm never going to allow that to happen to me again. Or, man, I can't believe that, you know, I've gone to church two times and every time, man, these people backstab me, they gossip yep. about me, they ask for money, ask for money, whatever it is. And so they have built up this shrine, they've built up this holy thing in their hearts that they are going to stand on. Hmm. And if anybody comes at them with anything that's against that or hmm. talks to that, they're going to fight. And, and the other thing that I saw in this story is there, there's confusion. They just didn't know what was going on. And, and, and the American troops at front were first coming with their artillery. They had their, their Jesus shirts. They had their Bibles in their <laughs> hands. They were coming at them, right? And they're like, uh-uh, I don't want to. They, you know, they already gave them themselves away. I don't want to talk to you. We, already, we know what you're going to come to say. We don't, we, you've already burned the bridge with us. And, and what this lieutenant was telling them is, listen, nah, let's put that stuff away. Let's come in a, in a humble way. Let's bend our knee. Let's come in a, in a contrite spirit. Let's come with smiles and joy and just become friends. And, and let's just be friendly as we go in. So that's kind of what I saw. And that's kind of where the conversation, what we're going to talk about to help us with that. But Barry, any thoughts? Absolutely. You know, in our first statement, it says our message rarely gets through because what they hear is that my worldview is better than yours. Mm -hmm. And instead of opening their hearts for Jesus, oftentimes we're creating a standoff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, here is what happens, I think, when when Christians go out to witness, they are so anxious about it and insecure about it that all they do is talk. Mm. And what they need to do is compliment and listen, mm. you know, like go to your neighbor, say, hey, your yard looks really nice. I don't know how you do it, but uh, make man, sure it looks nice, though. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't give don't give off flattery. That's false. But say, hey. You know, your house looks nice. Who did you have painted? You know, uh, or, or man, I, I keep seeing you pull out of that, that uh, garage with that Hummer. And that's, boy, that's a nice vehicle. What do you like about it? Do people have Hummer still? 
They do. They, they do. do. So yeah. still, they still do. I think yes. Barry likes big trucks. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. I do. Man. Big I'm, truck hey, if anybody has an excursion, uh, Ford excursion 7.3 that you'd like to donate to a pastor <laughs> that has a lot of kids, go ahead. You need a big, you need yeah. a big truck like that to haul around your, your yeah. army. Just for me to sit in it, I need a big no. truck. But to your point, Bear, you know, instead of uh, in Colossians 4, 5 and 6, it says, use your heads as you live and work among outsiders. Don't miss a trick. Make the most of every opportunity. Be gracious in your speech. And like what you were saying is our message rarely gets through because they hear the worldview is better than their worldview. Yeah. And, and immediately that's happening today more than we've ever. I mean, I'm on Twitter. And so I see this rapidly and I see all these Christians are like, bashing other people constantly i mean they're more mean than the other side sometimes it's true and so i always go out of my way and this is just another ministry that i have I've, a message for those people what please don't tell them you're a christian I right? Know. right but they're coming in jesus name yeah. and they're really harsh and i've learned that no i'm just looking for ways to bless i'm looking for ways to elevate and, and, and to not cause this rift and, and not to, you know, force my worldview. But when I start having conversations, eventually it gets to that because I don't know how else to answer it. Right. I mean, you're asking me my opinion. You're asking me what I think. Well, this is the only way I see it. Now, I respect that you have a different way, but this is where I'm at. But ultimately, my, my, my heart is I want to build the relationship. I want to get rid of the political side. I want to get rid of this, the religious side of it. I want to build the relationship where I just become a nice guy and a friend of that person. And then as they get to know me, as they got to know Jesus, when we study him in the word, all of a sudden it naturally flows to the goodness of God. It naturally flows back to Jesus because that is the only way that we're able to do what we're doing. So I don't know. Thoughts. I wanted to read, uh, you read Colossians four, five, and six. I don't know. What version was that? You know, I want to read the LT. ESV. If it's go ahead, right. go ahead. Yeah, I, I like the way this sounds. So okay. It says walk in wisdom towards outsiders making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, yeah. so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. There you go. That you should, I mean, I should pray that every day. Yeah. That that's, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, Pete and, and Barry, I heard this story a few years back. This, uh, and this guy's name is Tony Campoli, Campolo. And I know a couple of you, I, I, was it Barry or Pete? You said you've heard other stories by him before, but I just, it just has really stuck with me. And as, as we were preparing for the show, it, it brought me back to the, the story that he told. And I, and I won't read, read the whole thing, but I'll, I'll kind of give you the Cliff Notes version of it. So he's, Tony's in, um, and he tells the story so well, but he's in Hawaii and he had just traveled from the East Coast. So it's like three o'clock in the morning and he, he wakes up, he's wide awake and he's, and he's hungry. So, you know, his body clock is on a different, different timetable. So he's just walking around every place is closed and he finds his greasy spoon where he's able to grab a cup of coffee and, and grab a donut. And he starts, he just starts, you know, he's sitting down three 30 in the morning, he's sitting down there eating. And then all of a sudden uh, these group of like 10 women come in and uh, my dad, my dad would say they're women of the night. You guys ever hear that women of the night? They're probably Maybe it's an old, thank you. See, yeah. see, Pico's just right to yeah, it. That's what they were. <laughs> My dad was being nice when he would say it. Yeah, they're 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 prostitutes. <laughs> so so now Tony's telling this story, and you know he's he's been interacting with the the, the cook and and the, the people that work there. But now he's he's feeling really uncomfortable, right? He's surrounded by hookers, yeah. prostitutes, yes. however you want to say it. Yeah, and just feels really uncomfortable. It's like maybe I shouldn't be here anymore. Right. Maybe I need right. to be leaving. Yeah. Now remember Pete and Barry. Last week we talked about 
asking God to put us in opportunities. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Tony had made that prayer. Yeah. And so here could be an opportunity. Anyway, he goes on to tell the story that uh, he's listening to their conversations. And uh, this, this one woman, her name is Agnes is starts telling a couple of the other girls like, Hey, tomorrow's my birthday. And one of the, one of the girls just responds, what do you want me to do? Buy you a present, throw you a party and kind of gives her an attitude. And it just hurts Agnes. You can, he can tell by Agnes's response and Agnes just said, you know, look, no, I just, just wanted to tell you, I know, why do you have to be so mean to me? Yeah. And she's just broken. She's just hurting. And so Tony stays in the restaurant. He's finishing his coffee and the girls all leave. And he starts talking to the staff that the, what's the guy's name behind the counter? Chubby. Yeah. Hey, I know we weren't going to bring that up. Yeah, but that's fat, his name. He's the, a fat guy. The man's the, fat guy named Chubby. You know, no, matter of no, fact, it would have been slim. It would have been slim if he was a big guy. Don't they do you do opposites, right? I don't know. Anyway, he was you, chubby. You, he's probably I've never chubby. been called slim. You've never been called slim. <laughs> so anyway, they, they leave and he asks, he's like, do these, you know, do these girls come in in here all the time? And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I want to throw, I want to throw a birthday party for Agnes tomorrow night. He's like, what? You want to do what? That's crazy. And then, but as he starts talking about it, he's like, you know what? That's a really good idea. And he calls the worker, the, the chef chubby calls his wife over. And I guess she's working in another part of the restaurant and they come on. She comes over and she's like, Oh yeah. Agnes is just a sweet girl. And she never just, nobody ever does it right. And all this kind of stuff. And they just love the idea of throwing a party. So they plan on meeting the next night decorating the restaurant, making up cake. And uh, long story short, the next night comes by, they're all set up. And then the girls come, come in. And uh, apparently the, the wife of Chubby knows a lot of people. So she got the word out that they were going to throw a birthday party for Agnes. So when the girls come in, when Agnes comes in at three 30, the next day, the place is packed. Like every prostitute in Honolulu is <laughs> in this restaurant. So they come in and Agnes comes in and they just sing happy birthday. And she's just choking back tears. And, and, uh, he says, okay, you blow out the candles and the cake. Oh, and I forgot to tell you in, earlier in the story, when she's telling the other, you know, the other prostitute, the story, she's like, I've never had a birthday party. Ooh. Nobody's ever thrown a birthday party for me. So they throw this birthday party for, he goes, you know, blow out the cake. She couldn't, she couldn't blow out the candle. So he blows them out. And then he gives her a knife, says, go ahead and cut. You can go ahead and cut the cake now. And she's like, she just hesitates, just stands there. And she's like, can, can I take this cake home? And he's like, well, yeah, it's your cake. I guess you can do whatever you want. She's yeah. like, I, I just live right down the street. I'll be back. I'll be back in 10 minutes. I want to show my mom. Mm. I want to show my mom the cake. And, um, so as she leaves, she goes and takes the cake, takes it to show her mom. This guy, Tony, he's kind of got, he's like, well, I'm kind of the MC of this thing. This was kind of my idea. So he just starts to pray in the whole group. He gets the whole group, everybody in the restaurant to start praying for Agnes for her birthday, praying that, you know, her time with her mom as she's showing the cake, that everything goes well and just kind of just lifting her up and uh, chubby says to, and I need to read this right. Um, okay. So when the door closed, I'll, I'll just read the end of it. When the door closed, there was a stunned silence in the place, not knowing what else to do. I, this is Tony speaking, broke the silence by saying, what do you say? We pray looking back on it. Now, it seems more strange than it seems. So it seems strange that for a sociologist to be leading a prayer meeting in a bunch of prostitutes in a diner in Honolulu at three 30 in the morning, but it just felt like the right thing to do. 
I prayed for Agnes. I prayed for her salvation. I prayed that her life would be changed and that God would be good to her. And when I finish, Harry, oh, Harry, what we call him, Chubby? Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't very nice. It's okay. His he's, name is Harry. He's, Harry he's a Harry guy. He's not he's a, a chubby Harry. Anyway, yeah. when I finished, Harry leaned over the counter and said, hey, you never told me you were a preacher. What kind of church do you belong to? Listen to this, guys. In one, of the, in one of those moments when just the right words come out, I answered, I belong to a church that throws birthday parties for whores at 3.30 in the morning. Ooh, I, can't, I still can't get through that. Wow. Harry waited a moment and then he answered, no, you don't. There's no church like that. If there was, I'd join. Mm-hmm. I would join a church like that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, blank drop. Ooh. All right, we did the show. Let's go, guys. I mean, I mean, it's it pretty much leads into our next part. And well, that's uh, what Jesus would do. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he he demonstrated that for us. So you talked last week about the woman at the well, and just yeah. you know, we don't know how much time he spent there with her, but yeah. you know, he wasn't worried about anything else. He was, in fact, I I believe he went through Samaria just to talk to her. Yeah. You know, what about the woman caught in adultery? Yeah. You know, they, they were going to stone her Yeah, and they were trying to catch Jesus and ask him, well, what do you think should be done here? <laughs> and, and, um, Jesus just bends down and writes in the dirt and they all drop their rocks and leave. And, and Jesus tells her, where's your, where's your accusers now? He says, I, I don't hold your, you know, your sin over your head anymore. And, and you go and sin no more. And just the love that Jesus has for people and for hurting people. Yeah. You know, and how stories help us to see that and to understand that. And when I, I think you, we said it best. I mean, that was, that's what Jesus is like. That's the Jesus we know. He looks at every single person the same. He loves you yeah. period. You know, there was a issue that was really big when I was coming through college and that was when AIDS were really getting right. bad, you know, and, and everybody was really scared. You know, what, what if someone with AIDS touch you, can you get AIDS? If right. someone, if you kiss someone with AIDS, can you get AIDS? If you have sex with someone, you definitely can get AIDS. And, and, and all that was such a scare. And I remember Stephen Curtis Chapman came out with a song and he says, don't tell them that uh, Jesus loves them until you understand the, the tears that they cry mm-hmm. until you put yourself in their shoes until you, until you hurt with them mm. and you cry with them. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't tell them that Jesus loves mm. them until you love them too. Wow. It's a p- powerful song. Mm. You know, uh, Keith green had a lot of mm. songs like that. Oh, right? I love Keith green. And, and a lot of, mm. a lot of people that um, music is a powerful way to convict us of how we treat others. So. Yeah. yeah, Keith Green, we drop him old school there, but yes, man, that's, I'm telling you, that's some really deep, intimate worship. You're going into Keith Green. You know, I, go ahead, Bob. We're, no, I, I was just going to say, I was going to kind of move forward. We were going to talk about the five killers. Yeah. And, and, it, and we, it, this was kind of related to the first one. Well, what, what we just talked about, what Barry just talked about, what you just talked about, we're not able to do that if we have unbelief in our heart right. that God is at work. And, and, and so Tony does not pray if his heart was closed to God being at work in his life, he, he was completely open and recognized in that moment. And let's just be honest, the temptation for Tony to be staring or to be thinking in his head, if his heart wasn't right, 
was at an all-time high in that moment, you know, prostitutes everywhere. But Tony saw them as Jesus saw them. Yeah, yeah. Tony, Tony in his heart was transformed. He, he did not, he believed. He believed hook, lying, and sinker. He knew that the word of God was truth and that the word of God was the answer in that moment. And, and as it says in that story, is it, it naturally happened. It, 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 he's like, what else do I do? I didn't know what else to do. It just, it <laughs> naturally happened. And that's what happens when the spirit of God is moving in your life. That's so good. It naturally takes place. You know, honestly, my biggest fear of, you know, sharing my faith is like not knowing uh, the fear of not knowing what to say. And it's, it's like an irrational fear. I mean, cause God's really clear that the Holy spirit will tell you what to say. That's he's, right. He's going to walk you through it, but the enemy will tell you, no, you don't, you don't have enough. You don't, you don't have, you know, when you know more then you can do it, you know, it's never like, you know, it's just, it's a lie. The Holy spirit will walk you through. And like Pete's saying, if you're, if you're in the right place and you're asking God to put these positions that these circumstances in front of you, he's going to do it. You just got to be, you got to have your eyes open for it. The question here is, is do we really believe that the people in our Monday through Saturday world want to talk about spiritual things? Do we really believe that? We're not talking about Sunday. We're talking about Monday through Saturday. Are the people in our lives Monday through Saturday, do they really want to talk about spiritual things? Do we believe that? If we don't, then nothing else we talk about today will help you until you change your mind with that matter. And, and that's really what we're saying right now. Before we even go on to the next step is, do you believe that God is, that God is working in other people and that he's preparing them to receive spiritual things? And I believe he is. I believe that there's many, many people everywhere. God is doing a work. We don't know what he's doing. We just know that he's doing something. And by building the relationship with that person or by, by connecting with them, by asking them questions, by getting to know them, God then starts revealing to you what he's doing in their life. Amen. That's good. And then we adjust our lives to what God is already doing. And then we speak according to God's truth with what we see. You know, Pete, we, you asked that question, does the world want to know about spiritual things? And last, last week on our podcast, we talked about a verse uh, in Ecclesiastes 3.11. Yeah. It said, he has made everything beautiful in his time. And here's the part that really stuck, that drove, drove the point home. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yep. yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. So he's, he's already put that in us. Every person. Every person has that in us, yeah. We call it a God-shaped hole Ooh. that one yeah. that they desire, they, they thirst and hunger to fill it, that nothing else will fill it. There's no, no type of experience or pleasure on earth will fill it other than God. And so Christian, if you're listening to this, if, if you have unbelief and don't believe that God is doing this in someone's life, then we're not going to be ready to, to move according to what God is doing. Unbelief hinders the Holy Spirit's ability to advance God's kingdom through you. One spiritual, spiritual conversation to another. And, and it's, I'm telling you, it's, it's a huge deal. And I, and they were saying this like, well, that's a matter of fact. No, 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 no. It, when, when you get up in the morning, you're putting on the full armor of God, you're preparing yourself. You have to understand you're in a battle. You're in a war. When you leave your house, all the enemy's thinking is how to kill you, steal, steal from you and destroy you. That's all he's thinking. Okay. He wants to wipe you out. And God is saying, no, I want to advance the kingdom of God. I want to love. I want to, I want to cherish. I want to bring hope. I want to bring peace. That's God. But if we're not prepared, 
And we know that God is working in other people's life. If we're not prepared and we leave our home because we have unbelief and we don't believe that he's doing a work, we're going to miss every opportunity there is. Yeah. I want to speak to that person that, that you, you believe that God wants to use other people, but you really don't think God wants to use you. And that's just a lie. Amen. God wants to use you. And I'm going to, I'm going to go to be so bold to speak for God, that God has placed people in your life that you are assigned to that only you can reach. Uh, wow. That's I, very true. I, I believe that with all my heart, very true. that the reason why I stopped out of the way, I stepped out of the way and asked Bob to speak that day is that Mike needed to hear from another veteran that Mike needed to hear about the love of God through another veteran. And Mike came to know Christ because of his obedience to say, yes, he, he, it wasn't really a great weekend for him to speak, but I felt like God wanted him to speak. He had a lot of stuff going on, but God used him. And that man came into the kingdom and that man received forgiveness. He forgave himself. And now he's dancing in glory. And, uh, you know, guys, what's inside of you is powerful. The gospel is inside of you. And I know, I believe that you love people, but that's not good enough. You have to demonstrate it and, and you have to earn the right. And I believe it has to be earned. You have to earn the right to be heard, to be able to tell them the gospel by loving on them right where they're at. A a kind word. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, people love to talk about themselves. People love to share their story. And so if they, we, they're not going to share the story unless you ask them to share their story. Yeah. And they're not going to open up unless you give them an opportunity to open up. And there's in your sphere of influence, there is many people right now that are willing to talk. They're, they're willing to do that. And if you are going into the conversation with unbelief, then you're going to just, you're going to continue to keep talking with them over and over and over again and never share the gospel, never share God's truth. Because you just don't believe that God's doing a work in them. But if you prepare yourself and you have eyes to see and you realize that God is working, then you're going to take notice when they start sharing their story and they start sharing pains or they start sharing things. And then you start asking questions that leading to a spiritual conversation and they follow it and they continue to ask you questions. They still that tells you right there. God's doing something. Mm. You have now the obligation and the duty by the grace of God and by the Holy Spirit for help to speak to them and love them. And, it, and it's, it's, it, I can't tell you how many times I've asked this is, well, how long have you known your, how long have you known your neighbor? Well, I've known him for 15 years. Have you ever shared gospel with him? Nope. Are you guys good friends? Oh yeah, we're absolutely. I show him by my love and all this stuff. Well, if you've known your neighbor for 15 years and you haven't been able to share the gospel with them, that means that you do not believe that God's working in their life. Mm, mm. He oh. is at work. We have to understand that he's always at work. We just have to be ready to listen to what God is saying. And then take the next step and point them to Jesus. Amen. Once you have that relationship with them. All right. That's good. All right. So the first killer is unbelief. The second killer uh, is a pre-conversation history. This is interesting. In his book, Unchristian, David Kinnaman quotes one outsider who described Christians in this way. Most people I meet assume that Christians mean conservative, entrenched in their thinking, anti-gay, anti-choice, angry, violent, illogical, Empire builders, they want to convert everyone, and they generally cannot live peaceful, peaceably with anyone who doesn't believe what they believe. Wow. 
That does not sound well, like, like the people I hang out with. Or but. our Christian jewelry, <laughs> our T-shirts, our TV programs, our tracks, our bumper stickers, all serve to create a pre-conversation history that colors the perception of everyone we meet. If I came with my T-shirt, they immediately are going to say he's a Christian. You know, what happens is Satan takes the conviction of our lives that we put over people. They, they see our lives, they see the difference, and they start to be convicted about it. And what Satan comes and does, he, he whispers that, oh, they're going to judge you or they're going to, they're going to, uh, you know, they're going to hate you because you're not like them. And, and that's the world. We are not like the world, right? We, we, we are more like heaven than we are like the world. At least we should be. And, and as we bring heaven to them and we bring our lives to them and we are not judgy and we are not uh, forcing things down their throat, but lovingly giving them the greatest message that's ever been heard. We, we are doing them a favor and we are loving on them. And, and uh, you know, they don't expect that. They really don't take, you know, they, they're caught off guard when we love on people and, and we do it instead of acting like what, what, this preconceived idea is well i was just looking i was trying to find you know i and i, I think it's isaiah 53 or 55 it talks about that jesus didn't take on any like special identity he was just a normal guy he wasn't sexy he wasn't pretty he wasn't any of that he was just a normal guy and and i think that's what jesus did so when he came to the tax collector and to the prostitutes and all these people he just came just like a normal guy he didn't come like I'm the savior, you know, and I, I have this message to give you. No, he just came and says, Hey, I'm here. I want to listen to you. I want to talk to you. I want to love on you. I want to help you in your life. I want to help reveal to you truth. And, and, and the way that we do that, especially when we're talking to people is we, we got to eliminate some of these preconceived ideas. We got to eliminate the, the people putting up their boxing gloves ready to fight us. We just got to come as a normal guy. We just got to come just like how they are. Jesus, like, what did Paul say? We, we learned it last week. He became, to the weak, he became weak. So we, he became whatever it was needed in order to reach some. And so the same thing goes with us, was we want to be able to reach the masses. But the way that we do this, we got to eliminate them already wanting to box us right out of the gate. We just got to come as a normal person. And, and I think that, and, you know, I guess we're not knocking the, where your bumper say, I don't have it. I don't, I don't wear Christian shirts too often because of that reason. I always just want to leave the door open and an opportunity so that I'm not pushing people away. So it's, it's just, we got to be very careful. And I think that the church has done a horrible job. The church has a black eye and, and, and the Christians and, and people and everything it is, it is not pretty out there. And so whatever we can do to identify you know, when we, when we identify with Jesus, we automatically inherit all the perceptions created by his followers. Getting out of our Christian box as quickly as possible is essential if we're going to have real conversations with people. Good. So I think that's kind of where we're at. And I think that we've done a horrible job to this point. And I think we all got to re kind of evaluate this and relook at this and, and, and think of how, how did Jesus do it? And, and I'm telling you, Jesus was just a down-to-earth, normal guy that asked questions and spoke life to people. And, and let the Holy Spirit do the job. Let the okay. Holy Spirit open the doors. You just be friendly and see what God does. All right. So how do we change that perception? Just one person at a time, right? Yeah, we just got to do it. We, that's what I mean. Yeah. We have to take it on ourselves to not we, be this this picture of pastors the Pastors teach this. Yeah. Yeah, we've got to be the change. We've got to be the change. Yeah.
That's awesome. I mean, Our, if the, I mean, the pastors need to lead the congregation this way. The pastors should be teaching this stuff. Yeah. Think about this, Pete and Bob. You know, every Tuesday night, your neighbors see that there's a bunch of cars out in front of your house. And they're all wondering, what's going on over there? And, and people come out laughing or they hear in the back you know, where the pool is, people laughing, having a good time, the kids splashing and, and they smell the smoke of the cooker every Saturday morning, you know, and, and they're wondering what's going on. And they, they think, why wasn't I invited? Mm. Now think about that. Uh, There's a lot of people in our neighborhood that, that see that we have some type of gathering at our house called a life group, but they're never invited. Now think about inviting them. They would probably come because they're just curious. And I think it goes, we're going to get into that. I think we, we invite people that we would, where it's not awkward because I mean, it, we're not saying, Hey, go to the door to your neighbor across the street that, that you have no idea about and invite them unless you build the relationship. We don't want to make it awkward because we have no idea where they're at. So if you go over there and you knock and say, Hey, would you like to come to my Christian church, you know, gathering, you know, whatever that is, or like, ah, you know, right. that's it's just strange. So we want to make it where it's not awkward. We're going to get into that in one of the killers. I think that's the it's next, next. One. Yeah. yeah. That's a good transition. That. Yeah. All right. So the third, the third killer is that it's our awkward transitions. Imagine watching a football game. Barry, you can do this, right? Imagine watching a football <laughs> game watching a football with game. two minutes left in the game and your team is driving with the ball to score for the win and the doorbell rings. <laughs> You're like, yeah, somebody else is getting it. You're all by yourself at the house. And the last thing you want to do is answer it. You're annoyed, but you go quickly to see who's at the door. And it's two Mormon boys. You have two choices at the moment. Engage them in spiritual talk or brush them off and get back to your game. Yeah. So you choose to to stay and to begin to share with you. Uh, They start sharing with you in an awkward way about their faith. You listen. I don't know if you guys ever had that happen, but I've had that many times and they're very awkward. <laughs> yes, it's very awkward. <laughs> you listen and respond back to them awkwardly because you don't fully know what they're saying or what they're believing. And awkward transitions create awkward feelings, which leave people feeling pretty uptight. Most people do not regularly sign up for conversations that leave them feeling weirded out. So how do we transition into a spiritual conversation correctly? That's the answer. Do you have the answer? Do you have a, do you have it, Bob? What you're going to, no, I was just thinking that never has happened in the last two minutes of a game with my team trying to win because my team's usually already done by two minutes left. Anyway, (laughs) side, side point. Florida state university is what we're talking about. It's been rough, man. It's been a rough season. (laughs) Anyway, what are we talking about? Oh yeah. Awkward transitions. So we know that Jesus did not approach spiritual conversations like our story above. The correct way is to see God at work in the person's life while having a conversation with them. If the conversation does not lead to spiritual talk naturally, then their heart is not prepared to receive what you're saying. That's the key. So you're saying don't push it. Never. Let the Holy Spirit. The reason why we have the black eye is because we're Bible thumpers. It's because we're forcing our way. You have to repent. Turn you have burn. to do this. You have to do that. L- Listen, again, it goes back to our unbelief statement. If, if, if we fully believe that God is working in people's lives, okay, God is at work. God, every single person is, it, God's doing something. We don't know what that is. You know, we don't know what's being said. Maybe God has been saying to that person, hey, I've been really lonely lately and, and nothing's happening. Oh, God, man, I just, I quit on life. And, blah, 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 blah. and out of the blue, you come up and you start talking to them 
and you start building that friendship, you had no idea that she's been talking to God that morning because she's lonely. We don't know what God's doing. We just know he's doing something. That's good. And so as we build that relationship, and then all of a sudden it naturally starts turning to a spiritual conversation based off the questions and things that are happening, we then immediately recognize God's doing something. We now are responsible to say, hey, there's a Bible study over here on Saturday morning. Would you like to come? Because they're going to they're gonna be asking more questions. They're going to be wanting more. You're there for them. You're helping them. It's, it's not go over there. You have no relationship. God's not doing anything. We haven't whatever. And you're like, hey, let's come over. And they're looking at you, dude, you know, you just built an awkward situation and it feels awkward. It okay. feels uncomfortable. That's where it's wrong. It should be natural when we're talking. Bear? Yeah, guys. Um, you have to be walking in the spirit like Pete said. And, and you know, uh, we're, we're trying to please the Lord, and we're trying to do the right thing by witness to someone, and, and we just jump to it. So can I just ask you a question? Are you going to heaven or hell? You know? And we ask those awkward questions. Do you know the Lord? Do, you know, but I, I want to say this, allow God to open the door like Pete's saying, but as the door is open or as God gives the opportunity, uh, ask the question, ask the question. I'm going to tell you one of the easiest thing you can ask is sitting at a, a uh, restaurant table receiving your food from your waitress, just say, Hey, we're going to bless our food. Is there anything we can pray for you about? You know, that is a very loving thing. I think, you know, to pray for someone, you know, uh, to, to ask people how you can pray for them, they'll open up and listen. And if it's a minute before they say anything, continue to listen. What's another way I could have a smooth transition. You know, uh, tell me about your upbringing. Did y'all go to church? Did y'all, what did you do when you were a kid? Tell me that. I can tell you this, <clears throat> that, um, you know, when, when you got a waitress, you, you, you can't talk to her forever, right? You got to be sensitive to your time restraints. You got to be just like that Mormon coming in and, and knocking when, when there's two minutes left on a game, I would have probably invited the men to watch the rest of the game. And then we would have talked, but <laughs> you know, um, just, just like, Bob and Peter saying is just realize that God wants, wants this conversation to happen and he's working to make it happen and set up the opportunity to make it happen and be looking and be sensitive to that. And I think out of everything we just said, I, I, I love what you just said bear. And in the, the, you know, with the prayer part, it's just, I'm going to be praying anyway. They're going to be seeing me pray. I mean, it's just a natural thing. Hey, I'm going to be praying. Can I pray for you? I mean, that's just natural. How can I pray for you? I love that. That's just such an easy way. But as far as the conversations for deeper things, uh, especially the spiritual, it's, it's natural. And, and it sometimes takes a while. It doesn't just always go. I think sometimes we push too fast. And we're going to talk about that in our next, in our next things. I think we need to allow it to simmer. We need to allow the relationship to build. But we, but we should not be like our friend that's been friends with him for 15 years and he's let it simmer for that long. And I think that is because he doesn't believe that God's doing a work. Yeah. But you have to be right. We have to, we have to be careful that it comes naturally. And I think sometimes we push too fast. We push too quick. And, 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 and we haven't really built up the relationship rule sometimes. And, and I think that once people 
Well, and I, the way that I like to do things, and I've just shared, you know, I was just thinking of some of the stories. I'm always vulnerable with people. And so I always just tell my life story and I just be truthful with people and I'm not trying to whatever. And I just let it be that way. If they follow my lead, that always tells me like, okay, they're going to follow my lead. And, and I'm just being honest with people. And I'm just being, and that's how I have relationships with people. And so they just realize, hey, this is just a normal guy. He struggles like me and he's going through this and whatever that is. I never once bring up Jesus. I never once have to. I'm just being normal. I'm just being the regular guy. And then Jesus is doing a work in them. But I'm always mindful, like what Barry was just saying. I am always mindful that if God opens that door, and my wife can testify to this, I always say God didn't open that door. And, and she knows, I know, man. And then when the God opens the door, I said, well, he opened the door and boom. And, and I would I would go at it. I mean, I just we were just went to a steakhouse just recently or a, a, the Japanese thing. And the, I was just talking questions, asking questions and so forth. And the, the, the guy that was sitting next to us and at a tapon place and he just started he asked the question. He opened the door and immediately I looked at Christine. I smiled. Let's go. And it was easy transition. It was a natural transition. God opened the door. God was preparing him and he wanted to know more. And so that's that's kind of how the conversation. So it was natural. So anyway, that's my thought on that. So, you know, it, it also builds your confidence. So when you wait for the, the door to be open, instead of trying to force it yourself, now it, you get to see the fruit right away. And that encourages you to do it more often and be more. Uh, it builds observant. your faith yes. because you see the Holy Spirit working. Yeah. And it's not you forcing the Holy Spirit. It's the force. It's the natural. It doesn't happen every time. And be OK with that. You still speak life. You still bring the kingdom of God everywhere you go. You still love. You do your part. And sometimes it opens and sometimes it doesn't. And when it does, praise the Lord. Amen. All right. All right. The fourth conversation killer is our language issues. Not theirs, ours. Let's share a funny story that will make this point quite obvious. The story goes a few years back. There was a guy that had a job which required him to move to Salt Lake City. After the family had settled into their neighborhood, one of the neighbors came over to welcome them, probably brought them cookies, right, Pastor? Yep. <laughs> and then to, the, to welcome them to the neighborhood. As the woman began to engage his, his wife in conversation, she asked, are you LDS? The wife looked at her husband and replied, well, neither one of us have ADD, so probably not LDS either. LDS stands for Latter-day Saints. Latter-day Saints, right. stands for Salt Lake deficit, City. Yeah, you got to kind of put the whole thing together, right? <laughs> so this is a funny story, but it makes an obvious point. When we lead with questions such as, are you saved or have you been born again? People feel like outsiders. We speak Christianese. We are unwitting, unwittingly or unwillingly. I don't know what the right way to say that is. Um, it, it's doing that. But if you want to have a spiritual conversation with me, you'll have to do it on my terms. So what you're saying is, yeah, if you want to have a conversation with me, you have to do it on my terms. And that will shut doors quickly. It's 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 allowing them to be the hero. It's allowing like them that. to lead the conversation. By them being the hero and by them leading the conversation, we are basically just following whatever the Holy Spirit's already doing in their life. And we're answering and doing things according to them. We're not leading it. We're not we're allowing God to lead it and we're just adjusting to what God's doing. And, and by our questions, by loving them, and so forth. Jesus modeled something totally different. He used the language of the day to speak of heavenly truths. In Colossians 4, 4, it says, Paul asked believers to pray that he would proclaim the message clearly. When we use our language rather than theirs, we confuse people and often leave them feeling stupid. The last thing we want to do. Barry, thoughts? 
I just want to share this verse with you guys. It's first Peter three 15. And it says this. I, I find it, <laughs> but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for your hope, for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect, gentleness and respect. Wow. And, and, uh, you know, uh, always being prepared. Do you realize that you have hope? And when you are giving it away, when you're talking about Jesus, you're giving hope away. Hope is the gift that everybody needs and wants and desires. If they, if they're having a bad day and they, their boss is on top of them and they don't want to talk, they're not, uh, disrespecting you. They're not, uh, declining an opportunity from you. And they're not, uh, saying, I don't want to talk to you. It, it, it is not a, uh, a rejection to you. It is a rejection to the message or the time. We can't fear that type of rejection because it is the most loving thing to do is to communicate the gospel. And I wanted to share that, that we need to be prepared. We need to, we need to have good transitions planned and we have to have the verses memorized and, and, and a way to say it creatively we have to be prepared with that and armed. You 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 can't you can't go hunting and not have any shells with you, right? You can't have any um, any ammo. You you've got to be prepared. And and when you are prepared and you let God know you're available, He will open up the opportunities. And and don't try to sound so spiritual. Just talk in everyday language and just be yourself. Amen. And love on people. And I think that's that is so hugely important, you know, just like this funny story. Are you LDS? No, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a Christian. And, you know, you, you are, it's not about whether you're a Baptist Methodist or, you know, charismatic or Protestant or whatever It's about a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And again, that's what Jesus did built relationships and the in the in the whole conversation naturally will turn to spiritual things and if it's in a natural way an un, unawkward way and it's in a way where you're just being friends and you're talking their language and you're coming from their perspective and you're making them the hero to transition into godly things is very simple it's not hard at that moment and and it doesn't and, and you don't have to have the fear like you've always had. The reason why many Christians have had this fear is because they felt like they had to force it upon people. Yeah. Of course you're going to have fear. You know, I have to, I have to preach Jesus and they're going to reject me. Well, maybe don't preach Jesus to those people that are going to reject you. Build the relationship, build that naturally. And then God's going to reveal to you, oh my gosh, he's working in their life. And then now you just naturally adjust your life and just share Jesus. And it's a natural flow. You don't have to fear that any longer. That's right. Yeah. It just comes in the way that God and the spirits move it. So, sometimes you got to calm the, the, the uh, sounds of the stomach so that they can hear about Jesus. Maybe you need to feed them, yeah. you know, or, or if, if they're hurt, give, get them some counseling and, and, you know, help turn the bus into the healing direction before you do share the message. And, you know, you, sometimes I, I find this in, in my witnessing that meeting a need and understanding the need and listening to the need is the preparation for the gospel. It's building the bridge to get the gospel over to their island. I think it's a false reality to think that if you left the conversation not sharing the gospel, you did wrong. 
It's false. This, I, as I said in earlier in our conversation, when the door is open, it's obvious. It's obvious. It's, it's, I'm asking natural questions. I'm building a natural relationship. When the door is up, when they full on ask me, oh, where did you get that from? Or how did you come up with that? Or where? I mean, geez, you can't, God makes it overly obvious. He's doing a work in them. And so it's not that complicated. We make it complicated because we're kicking in doors hmm. and we got to stop it. We got to really look at the, so the, the relationship building today, it might simmer like Barry was just saying, it might take some time, but my heart hasn't changed. My heart is still engaged in wanting to do the things of God. My heart is still wanting to move the kingdom forward. My heart is wanting to build a relationship like Jesus did. We have a relationship. It's not about preaching and leaving. It's about relationships. And as we build that relationships, we don't want to just give up on them. We want to continue. And here's the best part about it. What, like, let's just say we're out and about like this guy with the donuts and, and the coffee. God is already at work ahead of us, okay? And, and this these kind of moments happen all the time where there isn't a relationship that we need to build. It's already happened. The seed is ready to pop. It's ready. And now we're prepared and we believe that God is at work around us. And we're in that position and, and it's just a natural thing like happened to them. It's a natural thing to pray. It's a natural thing to do it. That happens also all the time. And then the relationship builds afterwards. And so we just want to be ready for whatever that is that God is doing in that moment. But we're talking about relationship. That's the key on that. If he did not show the relationship and do the birthday, like what Barry was saying, meeting a need, yep. then that other part doesn't happen naturally. But it happened naturally because all he cared about was blessing her. That was it. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to preach Jesus to her and save her and all that. I want to bless her. But Jesus was preached afterwards. And then the, I'm sure Chubby. Harry. Oh, Harry. You know, whatever. All right. Yeah, that, it may have all been about reaching Harry. It may have been known. about Agnes, right? Yeah. All right. Let's close with one final one. Right. The, the fifth conversation killer is our disrespect. Sometimes we think our spiritual gift is to be quick to speak and slow to listen. James 1.19 tells us to do the opposite. Be slow to speak and quick to listen. If we are not quick to listen and slow to speak, it will be quite easy for others to feel disrespected. Personally, no one will want to show up to a conversation when the other person does all the speaking and doesn't listen or care about what they have to say. Peace. Yeah, I mean, ways we unknowingly demonstrate disrespect in our conversations are being condescending. Sometimes we're parent, parental. Um, we exceed the speed limit. We run through the stop signs. We hijack the conversation. I mean, there's so many different things that we do. Wait, we can't speed? No, oh, and I think that we have to control passion sometimes. And this is speaking to myself, is sometimes the doors open. You're like, oh, boom, and boom, you know? And it's like, well, God's like, whoa, <laughs> slow down, man. They don't need a fire hose right now. Uh, they don't need that. They just need a little trickle. Let's just, let's calm down a little so sometimes bit. Sometimes they just need Pete. They don't need Mac Daddy. They don't need but we don't want to, the key is we don't want to disrespect the person. We don't want to come down. So we want yeah. to listen more. Good. We want to ask good questions. I mean, the way that you ask good questions is really care about them. And really listen. want to know them. I mean, that's the thing. It's not, well, I want to know you. So I get something. Lose that mentality. Yes. You just really want to know them. You just care for them. You, I mean, you want to be available to them, whatever that is. And then let God work. However, fair. Yeah. You know, if you're uh, out there wondering, how could God use me? See, 
if you're his son or daughter, he has put his gift of the gospel and his Holy Spirit inside of you, and he really does. You are his plan to reach the world. You are. You are a part of the church, and you being the body of Christ and the church, you are his plan to reach the world. And, you know, we want to give people the picture of Jesus Christ and how how we live. We want to show them that it makes a difference. We want to show them that God is is blessing us and doing great things for us and has 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 helped us. So we want to help somebody else. And and uh, if you're here listening to this podcast, you're going to say, man, I, I need this myself. If you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's three simple things you need to do. You need to admit that you're a sinner and just say, I need help. God, I, I messed up. And, and he hears that. He wants to hear that. And he wants to be available to you. And then, and then acknowledge who Jesus is that, and believe in him, that he is the son of God, that he died for our sin. He was buried and he rose again. And the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so the belief and understanding that Jesus is alive and, and then inviting them into your heart by, by making a commitment and, and uh, just in using the words in a prayer, something like this, could you pray this today with me? Would you just simply say, dear God, I am a sinner and I've struggled and I've lived life my way, not your way. And I'm sorry. And would you say, God, I believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven because he died for my sin. He was buried and he rose again. And that when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and life, and no man comes to the father except through me, that he's the only way. And Jesus, I want to thank you for dying for me. And I want to choose you in your way and not try to earn it on my own. And God, I just, I just want to ask you, Jesus, to come into my life and save me and be my Lord and my Savior, my boss, the one who sits on the throne of my life and guide me and direct me. And Lord, Lastly, I ask that you would use me, use me to bring others to you. And Lord, we lift up the listeners' families. We lift up the listeners' neighbors. We lift up people in their community, the, the, the guy that works on their car, the guy that uh, mows their yard, the guy that um, delivers their mail, the guy that does uh, their hair. Uh, the, the people who, who they run into on a monthly basis, we pray that you would open up doors that they would be able to have the greatest conversation of all, and that's the conversation about you. Nothing forced, but in a loving, value-adding way that they would be able to speak of the hope that they have. We ask this in the blessed name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God is so good. If you prayed that prayer, we would love to hear from you. Go ahead and go on to uh, riotpodcast.co. Go to the no God section, click on that, say, yes, I gave my life to the Lord. Fill that out. And we would love to get in contact with you, get you some material and get you started in your walk with him. Um, Bob, any other last thoughts that you, you had as you're writing them down there? 
Yeah, I was just thinking as uh, as Barry was praying. Um, you know, there's we have a lot of a lot of Christians that obviously that listen to the show, and here, here's where my head went. Um, how many of us out there have a mic in our life? How many out there? You know, we have people that we run into every day. I mean, there's mics all around us that are just struggling, carrying the guilt and the shame of this world, and they just they need to know about Jesus. And uh, man, we just need to be open and just be open and obedient to listen to that. So that's what was on my heart. That's what I wanted to share. Um, as always, you know, I ask you to just like and uh, subscribe and most importantly, share the podcast and uh, our Facebook page. And guys, we cannot wait to see you or hear you again in, in a week. I guess it's the opposite. You're hearing and seeing us. But yeah. uh, man, what a what a couple great shows, guys. Mm. Barry, we love it when you're on the show. Yeah. Wish what, I could what be a, on more. What a blessing. Thank yes. you for being here. And I, I know the listeners are blessed by uh, yeah, the stories that you share. And 1,130 pounds, really? Yeah, I can't right. wrap my head around that. That's, <laughs> that's insane. Guys, have an amazing week of worship. Be blessed. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.